Good morning. morning. Grace and peace to you. Don't appreciate the songs. Those are the kind of songs that you really understand when Paul talks about singing with the spirit and the understanding. When we really understand the words of the song and they're touching our hearts and our minds, we just want to sing. We want to belt it out and we don't care what anybody thinks about what we sound like because that's what singing is all about praising God that way okay too bad to be true what's too bad to be true you know sometimes we make decisions and take positions in life without really examining that position the support for it and especially the logical consequences of taking that position or that having that belief. Uh, sometimes that's simply because of tradition. It might be because of our laziness or our emotions. And I'll just give you a couple thoughts here. Uh, and maybe there's something in your life like this. You know, Dad always bought Chevys. And uh, he would never buy any other kind of a car. And so I always bought Chevys. And I'm never going to buy anything but a Chevy. And, you know, what, what kind of a position is that to take? Are we to think that nothing has changed in 30 or 40 years to think that Chevy is necessarily the best car on the road? And I'm not making any kind of judgment here. But sometimes we just take those kind of positions. You know, mom and dad were Demerublicans. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to be. I'm not going to consider the Republicrats at all. No, not, not, no, I'm not. Uh, they're all tainted, strange. This is what I'm going to be because mom and dad were. And we don't really consider the other side. How about something like this? This sounds logical to me. Most of my friends believe it. I don't have time to investigate it because, you know, I just got so much going on in my life right now, so that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, I'm just too busy, too lazy. Or something like this. If my friend Bob or my professor or my favorite author or my spouse or whoever it is, says it's true, then it must be true, and I'm going to believe it, and I'm never going to change my mind. And we never stop to think it through. That's the way we make a lot of our decisions. It's a very dangerous way to make decisions and take positions. In our first scripture there, the Word of God offers wisdom on making decisions and taking positions whether it's beliefs, doctrines, your worldview, or whatever it is. Buying cars, kind of turkey to get for Thanksgiving, or whatever it is. Paul says, examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Some translations there have test everything. Now, if you're going to examine something, that takes time, doesn't it? To 
examine it, especially as this NAS has to examine it carefully. It takes some work, takes some objective investigation, and it also takes, takes me to have an open mind, doesn't it? If I'm going to test everything, if I'm going to examine it carefully, before I say, that's for me, that's what I want, or that's what I want to believe, or that's what I'm going to do. He says, test everything. So you don't fall into traps. You don't start off going down the wrong road. You don't get caught up in something that isn't good and end up harming you and your family and putting your soul in jeopardy. We're going to talk about atheism this morning, a little bit. And in regard to atheism and its companion, evolution, or whatever you want to style that, that has to go along with that, the idea that we came from nothing and there is no God, the atheist H.J. Blackham confessed that for him the greatest argument against non-belief or against not believing in God or against atheism, although he was an atheist, I don't know if he ever changed or not, was not any kind of rational argument about looking at the logic of it and so forth, but his assessment was that atheism was just too bad to be true. If you take it to its logical conclusions. And I'm just thinking that so many people who do not believe in God never bother to take that idea to its logical conclusion. What does that mean? Where does that leave you? What if atheism is true? What if there is no God? Did you ever consider that? It's, it's worth considering. It really is. You probably have some friends or co-workers that do not believe in God. What if we're here by accident, the product of inanimate, heartless forces? We're just a combination of matter and energy. That's all it is. What if that's true? What are the consequences of that? So let's just do a little bit of examining. We're just going to look at three things. Let's go to Genesis 1. Where do, in other words, where does that leave you? Where does that leave us if there is no God? Let's read Genesis 1, 26 and 27. You know, this is a the Christian worldview, the Judeo-Christian worldview that comes from the Holy Scriptures, we call it the Bible. And this is where we came from, God created. It says, and God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. 
So if atheism is true, this is not true, right? This is not true. This is a lie. It's false. It didn't happen. And so what does that mean? Well, the main point I draw out of this, and it could mean several things, and this is why we need to examine this sometimes in this way, it tells us that we are worthless. God did not create us. We are not made in God's image. We're just are. So are we made are we in anybody's image or anything's image? Are we connected to anything? Who's to say if there's no God? Right? There is no higher power. As creatures who evolved from nothing, because this is the, the popular position, right? The little singularity just exploded and Millions, billions of years ago, and it just all kind of happened over time, and just things came together, and so forth and so on. So if we really came from nothing, what are we? We're nothing, right? We really are, if atheism's true. We're nothing. We're worthless. And we're uh, related to rocks and rhinos, to trees and toads. To slugs and starfish. We have slugs in our backyard, you know. I don't like slugs. You know, some of those creatures God made, you wonder, God, why did you make those creatures? You know, mosquitoes one, slugs is another. His wisdom, he did it, you know. But if there is no God, we're, we're related to slugs, right? We're no, we're, and we're no better than they are. Seriously. We are no better than starfish or grasshoppers. In fact... You know, we're just, as we would say, another fish in the pond, another creature in the cave. Just here we are, by accident. This is what we are. And there's no higher power to determine our worth. You know, who's to say? It's better to be a cow or a human being. Who's to say if there's no higher power? You know, even our, in our own lives, we have all sorts of judges, don't we, in various situations. I'm thinking here, isn't it the Olympics, Winter Olympics are coming up in February? Am I right? I think. And so all those contests, they have judges, okay? 
Now, some of them, of course, are just to make sure they run the course right, but then you also have like the figure skating, where, you know, you get your points awarded based upon the panel of judges. So you get a 9.2, you know, you get a 9.6, and then you get 8.8. .8. Based upon their experience and their knowledge and all that, they judge and say, this is the best one out of all this group that skated. And even right now, I heard, you know, some of you brothers talking and hearing you sisters talking about this, the uh, football playoff. We've got a committee right now, right? It's trying to decide which four teams should, are the best ones to go into this playoff, right? They're judging which ones are the best and have a right to play. So that, you know, and that's because they have set themselves up over these teams, and that's the way it is, and they have supposedly insight, experience in these things. But if there's no God when it comes to you and me and everything else in the world, there is no one to determine which is better, if there's anything that's worthwhile or not. What is the wisest, the smartest, the loveliest, the strongest? We just are. And we have come from nothing. So we really are nothing. And that's just too bad to be true, you know, if you think about it. And even as we say this, if you... If you're honest with yourself, that just doesn't resonate with you inside, does it? It doesn't sound right, does it? You just kind of know that just is not right. But that's the logical position that atheism takes us. We aren't worth anything, really. The next thought is this. If there is no God, then your life is pointless. You aren't really worth anything, and what's the point of living? We're just a product of time, energy, and the elements. And there's a one scripture actually says, well, if that's the case, and of course he was talking about Jesus is not resurrected, eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow we die, and that's it. Right? I mean, what's the point? If you really think it through, there is no reason to get married. Why? Why? He'll just get in your way from having fun. She'll just get in your way from having fun. Why take on that responsibility? Why have kids? They take a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of heartache. Why bother? No God. They're just going to die too, right? Why help somebody else? Somebody that's hungry, thirsty, in need. Why bother? What's the point? It's just all about you, right? I mean, if nobody is worth anything, 
Why should we bother with helping anybody? And even as we say that, that just doesn't resonate, does it? That just doesn't resonate. We just, when we see somebody really in need, we just have that tug inside that says, I should help that person, don't we? Now, sometimes we don't. You know, sometimes we shut that down. But we have that feeling that person needs help. But if there's no God, why bother? Why serve your country? Why serve your community? Why put on a, the uniform, a, the badge? Why? There's no reason to. What's the point? Just do what you want to do. Don't worry about protecting anybody, putting your life in danger, taking all your time, your evenings, running every time the whistle blows. Why bother? First Peter 1. Peter writes here, verse 17, If you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth, knowing that you were not redeemed from perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Now what we want to dig out of here, we want to see that Peter agrees with us. Because he is saying that those who have not been redeemed by Christ are living a futile way of life. They have a life without God, right? That's where they are. And so if there is no God, we understand that life is futile. It's pointless. There's no reason to be around. Consider this. We may do a lot of good things in life if there's no God. Love our spouse, be a good parent, kind neighbor, great employee, helpful neighbor, charitable giver. Why bother? Who's to say if that's good or bad? There's no one to judge, right? In fact, where did this idea of good or bad ever come from? This is one of the greatest arguments that there is a God. Because we know deep down, we walk out that door and we see somebody beating somebody else on the street, we know right away, that's not right. Right? We just sense, we know inside, that's not right. And we want to do something. Call 911 or run over there ourselves. But if there is no God, who's to say that that's not right? No one. And who's to reward all of that good that you've done if there is no God? 
you know? If you just pass into Bolivian, you're just extinguished. And you just die. Atheism is too bad to be true. And if there is not a God, then the future is hopeless. Any hopes or dreams you have die when you die. They're gone. Because you're gone. It's over. There's nothing else but this life. And if you didn't get it done in this life, then it'll never get done, right? So we better all start working on our bucket list. And even if, think about this, even if you get to do hundreds of things you want to do, you get to climb Everest, you get, get to become a fighter pilot, uh, you know, win the lottery, you get to hut on the beach in Fiji and all that, you get to be president. When you die, what? It's all forgotten. Because you are no more. Meaningless. Because you'll cease to exist. Just like the leaf that falls off the tree in the fall, or the raccoon that's roadkill beside the road, which you've probably seen uh, two or three of them out here on Route 7. That's it. Life's hopeless. There's no future. Paul writes in Ephesians 2.12, He's writing particularly here to Gentiles because they were outside of the covenant of Moses. At the, now Christ has come with a new covenant, but he's talking about previously. He says, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, meaning before Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So for the Gentiles, because they had no connection with God, they were without hope. And that's the position of atheism, isn't it? Because there is no God. There's no hope for anything. There is not even anybody to pray to when you have a problem, when you have trouble, when there's a war, when you have illness, when you have family trouble. If there's no God, there's no one to help, right? There's nobody. There's no higher power. We're stranded. It's just a position that's too bad to be true. But so many people never think it through. They don't want God because they don't want to submit to God and live their lives the way God wants them to. That's generally the bottom line. They don't want to bother with God. And so that's what they say. I just don't believe there's a God. But all the while, 
They're making decisions as if there is a God. They believe in right and wrong, right? They believe in good and bad as part of their daily life. But they don't realize that that comes from God. It's a contradiction. You know, we could go on. Ecclesiastes 3.11, I don't have that on your list. We've mentioned this so many times. Take the time and read it. It's right after the beautiful writing where Coalesce says there, there's a time for everything. And he says, God has put eternity in our hearts. We know there's something more than this life. It's a little stimulation. It's a little thing in everybody's heart that is just there to connect with God, with the Word of God, with the truth of God. If we're honest, if we listen, if we submit, that we will know and we will search out and find God. I want to close out in 1 Timothy 4 with a dose of reality. Because we've been talking about non-reality, you know, the position of atheism. We are worthless, life is pointless, and the future is hopeless. We just are. We don't even really know what we are, and we're just here. That's about all you can say. But Paul writes this to Timothy, and this is reality. And we ought to be relating reality with truth. Sometimes when we think of truth, we only think of Bible truths, you know, what the Bible is, is written in the scripture about certain doctrines and so forth, which is true. But truth conforms to reality, and reality conforms to truth. This is the way things are. 1 Timothy 4, 7. He said, but I have nothing to do with worldly fables, fit only for old women, and I presume those old women are non-believers. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Godliness means living in a way that's pleasing to God. For bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise for the present life, you know, that your present life is not worthless. There's a promise here in the way you live your life. And also for the life to come. There is a life to come. God has promised that. There will be one. Jesus' resurrection proves it. There's a life to come. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance. There's several places in Scripture where that affirmation is made, and I just love to hear those words, and you should too. This is a trustworthy statement. Why does God have to say that? Well, I don't know, probably just for us. In other words, he's saying this is true, uh, this is faithful to God and is true. You can take it to the bank. This is right. This conforms with reality. It's a trustworthy statement. For it is for this we labor and strive. Why, Paul? 
why do you labor and strive in this life? Why aren't you just down there on the beach in, in, uh, in Greece somewhere just eating grapes? Why? Why do you subject yourself to all kinds of beatings and, and torment and being thrown in prison and shipwrecks? Why, Paul? Because we have fixed our hope on the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially believers. There is hope. There is a God. You are worth something. You're made in his image, and his service has great reward. That's the truth. Atheism is just too bad to be true. Are you an atheist? I hope you would consider carefully what we said this morning and read the scriptures again. Think through your position. Is that really where you are? Is that really what you believe? And perhaps you have a friend who takes that position and this lesson will help you talk with them. But we do have hope. The hope through Christ Jesus our Lord, the hope of the living God that there is great reward for our efforts for him in this life. If you need prayer this morning, maybe you've been struggling in this life with problems, and every once in a while, you know, we do wonder, God, are you there? Do you uh, see what I'm going through in my life? Are you, are you really helping me out? And maybe you're at that point right now, you'd like for us to pray with you, we'd be happy to do that. It's it's not uncommon. Maybe you're ready to make the decision this morning to serve the true and the living God. You come to see there is really a God. And his son Jesus is Christ and Lord. And he gives you future and hope. If you want to accept Christ as Savior this morning, become his. We can help you with that. Please come while Brother Don leads us.